Hello, thank you for sharing time with me this week on the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Welcome to the sacred space where we share stories, truths, and conversations to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle, find your focus, and build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Whether you are building your slice of the kingdom from a couch, car, cubicle, or corner office, the sass and moxie delivered in this podcast will fill your soul tank and empower the courageous, gracious, tenacious, vivacious lioness you are. Today's show features another magnificent moxie chat. The mission of this series is to shine a light on the stories of divine, brilliant leaders who are taking risks, pushing through challenges, and living their best life out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Me too. Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Hello, friends. Hello, hello. It's Wednesday, and it's a special day around the Fire Up community, and you can see why. We've got a special Moxie chat today with Ms. Sherry Chris. And for those of you who have not met Sherry at a conference or heard her speak, whether it's virtually this year or in person in the past, I'm going to share with you a little bit about her. We've got so many things we want to talk about today. So let me just give it to you straight. She is the president and CEO of the Realogy brand, Expansion Brands. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is and what brands that encompasses and what this role does. So she's also a lifestyle enthusiast. She has her own personal Pantone color. Yes her own Pantone color. Uh, she's also on the advisory board of New Story, which is a charity focused on pioneering solutions to end global homelessness. And she sits on the advisory board for Wine Society, which is a fun new wine company. Wow, 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 wow. Um, I love that her tagline on Facebook is, my passion is all about finding ways to bring out the best in people. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Deborah. And it's so great to be here with you today. And of course, I had to have a pink background uh, behind me. I'm actually in my office in New Jersey, if you can believe it. So uh, there's nobody here, just me. And I get to work all by myself, which is good and unusual and fun. I love that. I love the the quiet. Yeah, I love the quiet. I love it. I do get a lot done when uh, I have the space to myself as well. I I love how our colors are all complimenting here. I mean, we did not plan this. (laughs) Yeah, we've got our black on and then you've got your saffron. And uh, I've got my pink and very, very, um, you know, color coordinated and look great together. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we have known each other. I I feel like the first time we met in person was about a decade ago and it was certainly at an Inman event. Yeah. And I think up until that point, everyone was like, you have to meet Sherry, Chris. You have to meet Sherry. And I remember when we did meet, it was, there was this little, you know, the, the nerves when you're meeting somebody that everyone's been telling you, you need to meet. (laughs) And you were so warm. I think I actually had a green um, handbag with me at the conference that I was at. And you were like, Great I probably bag. said, I love your handbag. <laughs> you did. 
you and, did. Oh, and yeah. I think I, I was saying about you. I mean, uh, everyone knows you and you do such an amazing job within the industry, just communicating, articulating and bringing people together. So let's have some fun today. Yes, yes. And I, we have both have so many shared passions, empowering women, empowering humans to be their best. Um, I, what I would love to do is to let the people in my community know a little bit about you. So I've got three personal questions before we dig into our topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First is, what does success mean to you? Well, there's personal success and professional success. So I think with professional success, it really is exceeding your own expectations. Mm -hmm. It's doing the right thing. It's bringing groups of people together. I know on my Facebook page, talking about bringing out the best in people, everyone has something inside them that needs to come out. And so for me, because I've been in business for so long, I've had the opportunity to grow very wise over the years and very intuitive. I feel that I have a natural ability to, you know, just dive right in and, and bring the best out in people and, and help them find the highest and best use of themselves, both as individuals uh, and as business professionals. So that's what really, you know, gets me going every day and what feels most rewarding for me. I love that. I love that. And I do agree. I think that uh, as women, as we, as we age, you know, we've been in a society so far up until this point, that's really tried to focus only on youth. However, I do feel this rising with women who are saying, mm -mm, like, we are embracing every year, every wrinkle, every moment, because it does allow us to quickly lean into our conversations with one another and really see each other and the potential. I love that you are really focusing in on that, Sherry. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Okay. What about the three words that describe you best? Oh, you know, when I, uh, that, that is an interesting one and uh, it may be a bit of a, a dichotomy, but uh, you know, the first one is authentic and uh, the importance, and that's actually one of our core values as well. But uh, being authentic uh, means to me doing what you say you're going to do. And that's how you build your reputation uh, in this industry and beyond. And so always doing what you say you're going to do uh, is something that's very important to me. So authenticity is absolutely one of those words. I love it. Um, how about your second? Second word is kindness. And oh. so that means uh, doing the right thing and looking at how um, you can be kind to people, mm -hmm. uh, never doing the opposite of kindness and always finding a way to treat people with respect and particularly important now with everything that is going on in the world and everything that we're going through, but very important at any time. So that's my second word, kindness. Uh, my third word is driven. I am driven. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, you wouldn't normally uh, see kindness and driven, uh, you know, in the same grouping, but um, I never give up. And I always look for a way to do whatever it is that needs to get done. And um, quite often that is an unconventional way. And actually the people that I work with know me very well. And they know that I will always find a way 
but it's often not uh, the uh, path well-traveled. It's sometimes the path that's not as well-traveled yes. but actually gets you to a better result. I love that. Well, and I love the connection between the feminine and the masculine energy in all of your words. You know, I think that this that's what we're, we're all going to need to tap into both of those energies as we move forward into building our next new normal. <laughs> this next yeah. season, we're going to need to really, uh, you know, embrace all of those things. I love those words, authentic, kind and driven. Absolutely. I think those are perfect choices. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. Third question, which is a really fun one as well, is what is your favorite fire up my soul conversation topic? What conversations do you overhear and think, I got to go? I got to I got to be involved in that one. <laughs> you know, that is that's an interesting one. And, you know, I will say, uh, you know, a two part answer, I guess, would be appropriate. So um, anything to do with the future of our industry I want to be involved in that conversation because, again, looking at things differently and trying to find a different type of solution to a challenge, uh, an opportunity, a problem, uh, I'm in. And so um, that would be first and foremost. And then, you know, talking about fun things personally, uh, things that I have in common with people, that's a passion of mine. And, you know, it's one of the things that I miss right now is, uh, being with groups of friends and family members so we can laugh and uh, remember crazy things that we did and talk about things that we like. So <laughs> I know we're going to get back to that at some time, but yes. um, from an industry point of view, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, finding those solutions for our future. I love that. I've I've loved watching your Instagram feed about how it seems like the dogs are taking over. Dogs are taking over. So, uh, you're, you're doing your social distancing with the humans and the dogs are like, yay, Sherry's here. I have a lot of dog friends, actually. So I don't know what it is, but I think, you know, there must be something that uh, um, inside me that Uh, dogs are attracted to. And so I do have doggy friends and I love their parents too. But uh, last night I was with uh, two of my canine friends and uh, (laughs) we were so happy to see one another. So that's what you saw. And I love it. Great. Yeah. So for those of you who are watching us live, watching the replay or listening on the podcast, make sure that you follow Sherry over on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, Uh, she really, truly does share the authentic side of herself. It is not a bunch of branding. It is who she is, which becomes her brand. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful example of that. Okay, so let's dig into the conversation that you and I, uh, when it was after the Inman Connect Now session that you did with Brad, which was great. You were sharing three strategies. Um, One of the strategies really was ringing for me, right? It was really setting my soul on fire. And that's talking really about leaders knowing their core values and honoring those in their hiring and firing choices and ultimately creating a values-aligned experience. So what can values-aligned leaders do to honor their personal and corporate values in this time as they're making these decisions ahead? 
It's a great question. And, you know, I'll start by saying in launching the Better Homes and Gardens real estate brand 12 years ago in 2008, one of the things that we did was research around what uh, young consumers were looking for back then and, and um, you know, coincidentally still looking for today. And part of that had to do with aligning themselves with brands and companies that stand for something, that have a stake in the ground, that actually stand for something and not just stand for something, but live that each and every day. And so we launched BH&G, a small group of us at that time, uh, with a set of core values, passion, authenticity, inclusion, growth, and excellence. Actually, the I um, was for innovation originally. And about three years ago, we changed it to inclusion because Every, every company's innovative now. I mean, we're all innovating. So uh, that was a word that was uh, more relevant back then than it is today. Inclusion is very relevant today and it's something that we should all stand for. So when you do that, what happens is very interesting. And that is, is that you align yourselves with culturally aligned uh, people that are um, believing the same thing that you do. Whenever I talk to a prospective broker, one of the first things I lead with in any presentation or conversation is the fact that we're a values-driven brand. And almost always that broker will say, well, that's what I stand for too. But they just you know, weren't able to publicly articulate it. And so when you have that alignment, it's very powerful. And it really takes your company, um, I believe, to... A, a new level. Now, the other brand that I oversee, ERA, um, also is very, very strong culturally, but in a different way. And where they don't have, you know, a stated set of values, so to speak, their culture runs very deep in the collaboration and sharing and personal relationships that that they have, those brokers and agents throughout the network. And so I really feel as though I'm blessed to uh, work with so many great people that believe in the power of values and culture because it's not fluff. Um, it's the real thing. And it really, it should be the foundation that your company is built on. I agree. And you said a, a few things in here that I really want us to highlight. And one is you had an original list of values that at some point along the way in your first 10 years, you said, let's revisit these values. Let's make sure they still represent us and where we are going, not where we've been. And I think that a lot of people feel like, well, gosh, I already wrote my, my company values out. Now, what if I change? What will people think? I think what your how you explained it, which is it's where we're going, what's important to us now is shifting. And it's now is the time. Include and how how beautiful that what you replaced it with was inclusion. And I'm and how today, I mean, we're seeing the intersection of inclusion. Uh, on top of another intersection, on top of another. And it's so incredibly important for the, your leaders to understand that because now they're, they're actually having to answer the question of what does your diversity look like? And many of them already have a very inclusive look about them because it's been part of the organization. And, and so walk, walk me through that. So did you bring your leaders together? Was this like uh, one of those shower movements? It's quiet and you're like, oh, it's time to change the eye. Like, 
What did that look like? Yeah. You know, it was all, actually, I have to give credit, um, a lot of credit to my chief marketing officer, Jen Marchetti, who uh, we, and I don't know whether she's listening now, but she may watch later. Um, You know, she actually came and said, because we were trying to figure out how to maybe add a value to um, our core values that spoke to inclusion. And uh, because, you know, we were and remain very, very passionate about, uh, you know, embracing all people and ideas and learning from all people and ideas inside and outside of our industry. And so uh, we were brainstorming. We were going to add one, um, you know, a value on and we're playing with it. And one day she came in and said, you know, innovation is everywhere now. What if we change the I to inclusion? I'm like, bravo um, and (laughs) let's do it and so here's something else that this speaks to is i believe very strongly in surrounding myself with people who have a different skill set than i do that complement me with what i do that are smarter than me um, in many areas and that forms a powerful team and that's really a value-based team that we have here as well where we all stand for the same thing but look for people who are going to compliment you. There's so much power in that. You can really accomplish anything. That is so beautiful. And I think, you know, that is one of the reasons that value-based leadership is so important in the influencing of your culture, right? If they can see you as the leader of an organization doing the work, following and aligning your decisions, including inside your team, uh, it, it helps for them to see what that looks like. What, what other ways have you seen over the years that being a value-based leader has truly impacted your culture? Well, it uh, impacts the culture of our companies uh, from a recruiting standpoint, because what you're doing is recruiting to uh, yourself. You're mirroring yourself and bringing people in that stand for the same thing, have the same values and are culturally aligned. And and that creates a very strong brokerage, no question about it. And the same goes for um, any merger or acquisition. And, you know, I learned this a long time ago when I was still in school, um, in business school, where we were taught that the most important piece of a, um, you know, a merger or an acquisition uh, between two companies was the cultural fit. And so back then I thought, hmm, um, you know, I'm not sure whether I agree with that, but now I know it absolutely to be true. And I've seen so many instances where, uh, you know, these types of um, mergers have not worked uh, because there isn't a good cultural fit. So that's what brokers need to look for first and foremost. And, you know, we provide the foundation for that, which I'm proud uh, that we're able to do that as part of our value proposition as a brand for our brokers. So when you bring a a new broker into the family and you've done the dance, if you will, they've presented, you've presented, you've decided you're going to work together together. How do you then merge, if you will, that value structure? So do they take on your values or do you weave them together? What what does that look like? It's interesting. You know, in many cases, our brokers have adopted our core values. We call her Paige 
P-A-I-G. <laughs> and um, what happens is that brokers have the PAGE Award every year at their companies uh, for the agent who embodies what PAGE stands for. Uh, many of our companies have uh, cultural awards like that that are as important as sales awards. And so a lot of our companies have done that. Um, some have uh, taken our lead and uh, they've modified them a bit and have uh, created their own that it's okay to have your own. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly what what we determined. This is what stands tall for us. Uh, if you have your own, that's fine. It's just important to have them and it's important to live by them each and every day. And so I love going around. It used to be in person, but I suspect it's going to be virtual in the first part of 2021 to the various uh, companies where they honor agents for um, you know, outstanding community leadership in practicing our core values. Well, and you know, when I first heard you share about the Page Awards and how the or, your organization really does honor the values of things, it, it's actually, I, I give it as an example when I'm doing a lot of my Moxie talks because so many organizations inside real estate, the only awards and recognition are about money. And, and it's such a huge missed opportunity to really, truly highlight and reward and recognize people who are involved in their communities, who are, to your point, the who are living an authentic brand out loud, who are inclusive inside their decision making, whether it's events that they host or, uh, you know, team members that they bring on, etc. It reminds everyone as well, at least once a year at that award ceremony, that these are our values, right? And people exactly. can self-select out if they're like, you know, I'm so tired of these. This is not my thing. I want, I don't agree with this. It's a beacon, right? That attracts those that are meant to be part of your organization and also helps you. Because I think the flip side of what you're talking about with the recruiting side is also um, helping teams figure out who needs to go right? Because they're out of alignment. So I'd love your insight on that. Like, how have you handled that in the past when maybe you bring somebody in and realize, oh, they weren't quite the fit we thought they were going to be? Has that happened? And if it has, yes, what did you do? Has. Of course, it's going to happen because you know, none of us uh, is perfect and these things happen. And so, you know, we have parted ways a couple of times with franchisees for various reasons. But when I look at it deep down inside, uh, it's usually not a good cultural fit. Uh, and, you know, there may be other reasons as well. So it proves itself time and time again, which that's the interesting thing about, uh, you know, a value proposition that's strong and a set of core values continues, the proof continues to show itself time and time again. Absolutely. Well, and the, the flexibility for an organization to bring that comes into your fold to say, we, we like page, but we maybe want to add a couple extra letters. <laughs> we want to add a couple extra. Right. Um, you know, in, in my Moxie work and working with 
um, mostly women who are in leadership, but men as well, helping them actually define it for themselves, their own core personal values. Because I find that leaders, if they've never gone through the process of doing it for themselves, they can tend to be a little disconnected from their organization's core values, right? their words, in other words, instead of having an emotion. And one of the exercises that we go through is turning each word into a few sentences, right? I, you know, I call it giving it life. So giving each value life and what that looks like. So well-being for me might include, you know, drinking more water and taking more walks and doing more meditating so that I'm able to, uh, you know, spend quality time with friends and I'm not exhausted because all I do is work, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, here's something interesting, uh, Deborah. Um, You know, when we look at Paige, a couple of points that I want to make, you know, when you have the descriptors. So if I take growth as an example, so uh, growth to us means something very different than it may mean to someone else. Growth to another brand or another company might be having the most agents as an example. Mm -hmm. Growth to us means having an increasing influence. So having an increasing influence in your community as agents and broker owners, having an increasing influence within the industry is another great example of it. Having an increasing influence within the network. And so, you know, these values can mean different things to different people. Psst. Hey, it's me. Well, you are listening to the Fire Up podcast, but we'll be right back to the show after this break. Have you heard I'm working on an exciting new collaboration with Molly McKinley of Intentionalities? We're putting together a moxilicious bundle with my new book, a journal, affirmation cards, a candle, matches to light your soul tank on fire, and a special empowerment blend tea to sip on while you enjoy the process. Head on over to moxieonfire.com, add your name to the list for updates, and reserve a bundle or two today as you wish. Again, that's moxieonfire.com. All right, back to the show. Now, when I look at the ERA brand, they also have, you know, many of the brokers have their own stated set of core values. And when I go from office to office, Um, I see that they're very similar, in some cases identical. So they all stand for the same thing as well, even though that network started many years ago, you know, 40 years ago, and uh, BH&G only 12. And so, you know, that that, uh, culture piece is very Mm -hmm. important. And um, I, I live by it each and every day. I love the connecting of the dots like that, right? It's almost like finding a soul sister. Right. Like, oh, we've been living the same, you know, we've been living um, values aligned for so many years. We just didn't even know each other. And I think that's why it's so incredibly important what you walk this planet doing and, and helping people see the power of sharing, well, defining your values, reviewing and refining your values, and then truly infusing those values in each one of your experiences like you've shared. Now, as we as we see right here, right, a lot of our conversations are virtual. So do you have one way that you are finding uh, one of your values is really rising up in this virtual space that you're really able to get behind and, and shine a big light on during this time and experience that you're doing virtually? Um, I would say, you know, there are two um, and, um, you know, they're, they're the ones at either end, uh, passion and excellence. And so, 
you know, when COVID hit, we were all, uh, you know, a little uh, kind of like deer in the headlights wondering what are we going to do? And so what we did uh, was, uh, you know, we kicked into high gear immediately and set up a series of weekly broker calls for both of our brands. And uh, sometimes those calls were together, sometimes they were separate. We called on industry leaders to join in, Lawrence Yoon being one. Uh, we had Brad Inman, we had Stefan Swanpool, uh, we had Steve Murray, we had Mike Staver, Matthew Ferrara. We haven't had you yet, Deborah, so you'll be <laughs> on that list because Excellent. they continue. And so what we offered at that time was uh, you know, a number of things. It was almost like we put our virtual arms around everyone and said, it's okay, we're here at your side. And uh, we offered consistency, we offered communication, we offered information, and uh, you know, we those brokers walked away and continue to walk away each week with uh, a sense of community. And so uh, that happened in week one. Uh, and so you know, myself along with my team, Jen, Rich, Amy Chiro, who you know, we all grouped together and, and got that done. And so as a result, uh, it it was fantastic. Another accomplishment was that we had an, a complete virtual conference for ERA um, in mm-hmm. April. Excellent. We don't know this. So uh, we uh, their conference got canceled at the end of March. Of course it did. And uh, everyone was supposed to be going to Nashville. So we hired a production company and we actually staged a virtual conference that uh, I think was pretty good, actually. Uh, and it was uh, two days, um, short periods of time each day. And we actually had double the number of people yeah. attend the virtual conference than would have attended live. So there you go. So it kind of speaks to, you know, uh, another topic for another time. But how are we going to move forward effectively within our industry? What's it going to look like? Is it going to be more of a balance uh, between virtual and um, in person? And so these are things that we're working on right now. I think that's beautiful. And I think that one of your, you know, inclusion is the word that I I keep coming back to because I think that what you are saying actually involves inclusion on a very high level as well, Sherry, right? Is we're able to include more voices. You know, we're experiencing this with Woman Up as we're looking at what we're going to do as we shift into the virtual experience as well. And that, you know, we've been very passionate from the beginning of having all shades and, and all layers and levels of the lusciousness that is life on our stages. Yeah. And, and it falls under the guise of women, but women from every walk of life, right? And that we have this ability now that even when we, I think when we come back in into person at events, we'll still have a sliver that allows for the single parents who can't get away, those who can't afford to do all of the travel to still be part of the conversation and included and their stories told, whereas before they weren't able to for whatever reason. And I love the, um, I, I can't wait to hear more about the ERA virtual conference. I did not, that slipped, I mean, my head was pretty buried at that point. Just like that. And, uh, and it was, it was a great event, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I think that it's a time now that we need to listen. Yeah. We need to listen to people's stories because everybody has one. Yeah. One of the things that we did at Realogy last week, and it, and I've been here for 14 years, if you can imagine, 
Uh, this is my 14th year. We had a uh, first ever, uh, we have a town hall every week. So it's a virtual town hall for, you know, our over 10,000 employees around the world. And last week's town hall was uh, hosted by four of our black employees, team members, colleagues, yes. at seven, I should say, seven of our colleagues. And what they did uh, was they told their story. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very um, powerful, enlightening, um, frightening. And it really level set all of us to say, wow, like, I never really listened before. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was a turning point, I think, for our company in many respects that, you know, we all have to look at each other and respect one another as human beings. That's um, so beautiful. Foremost, I know. And I so that's, um, you know, uh, it will never leave me ever. Yeah. I think that that's one of the platinum linings of everything that happened around shelter in place this, this year is that we've all been able to slow down. We've been able to, I had Kama Burton on spill the tea with Molly yesterday, and she was talking about how we're, we're more sober minded than we've ever been. We have mm -hmm. far less noise and that we're, we're able to actually slow down and listen to those stories right? We're able to listen to what our brothers and sisters have been through. And so those people who, uh, you know, were intrigued because they heard we were going to be talking about bringing in diversity into your teams, and they're thinking about doing a merger or acquiring someone, you know, looking at the leadership teams, looking at our leadership teams now and making sure that they are diverse in all ways. We have the ability to do that as we're making changes. So if, if you're organization does not look diverse right now. That doesn't mean it cannot be tomorrow. And that's the beauty, right? We have the ability okay. to change. So well, it's a heightened awareness around it. Yeah. So, you know, which is absolutely a good thing. Uh, you know, out of a tragedy, there always comes something. And uh, that is, uh, you know, the two, the two experiences that we've had this year, COVID um, and, you know, the most recent sad, um, sad death and resulting protests and everything, just a, an eye-opening experience and um, for us all. Yeah, completely, completely agree. I mean, we will, we are honoring George Floyd's life with every uh, protest that's happening, with every decision that we're making to open up what we're talking about and and having these having difficult conversations having conversations that make us uncomfortable mm -hmm. and being okay living un uncomfortably for a while until we make change yeah. and so i appreciate you i appreciate your leadership before you go you know i love rapid fire <laughs> questions <laughs> so i do have a few for you are you ready i'm ready okay what is on your night nightstand right now well, every night on my nightstand, I have two items on my, well, three items on my nightstand. Number one is a bottle of water because, uh, you know, I rarely sleep through the night. Uh, and number two is my phone. And number three is my iPad. And number four, my glasses, because I cannot read my iPad in the middle of the night, which I know you're not supposed to do, uh, without glasses. So there's the little, uh, you know, the menagerie. Uh, I love yeah, it. Menagerie on the on the nightstand. So. I love it. Um, how about your favorite movie? What's your go-to? 
Well, you know, my favorite movie of all time uh, for the past many years uh, was Quentin Tarantino. I absolutely love him and Pulp Fiction uh, because it was so crazy and yes. there was just so much reality in it as well. And then um, last year, or I guess earlier this year, I saw another one of his films that I absolutely love. And that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt. Yes. And, um, you know, I've watched that movie several times. You see something different every time. It's so the attention to detail in both of those films and every film that, uh, you know, that he does um, yeah. as a director is incredible. But um, I highly recommend both of them. But in particular now, Once Upon a Time is a fabulous movie. Wow. Okay. Got it. Um, last book you read. Last book I read, um, it's called, uh, so here's a quick story. I know we're about to end. Um, I used to travel a lot. I say used to, because that's not going to be happening as, happening as much in the future. Um, I met this guy on a plane on a red eye once. Um, his name is David Kessler. And uh, so we're chatting each other up uh, from traveling from LA to uh, Newark. And uh, so he's an author on grief. And he's written a, you know, a bunch of books. He's telling me about himself. We started following each other on Instagram and, you know, kind of going back and forth and everything. And when, um, you know, <laughs> when I left uh, the plane, I said, you know, it was so nice meeting you. And if I can pass along your information and your books to anyone, great. Well, his latest book is called uh, Finding Meaning. It's the sixth, sixth stage of grief. And so it just came out and I'm reading it now uh, for personal reasons that, you know, uh, yes. Deborah, and um, it's a great book. And it's even greater because I met the author by chance on a flight. And so what does that tell you? What it tells you is that you have to open up your mind and your heart and talk to people. Because if I hadn't have spoken to that guy who was mildly annoying at the beginning of the conversation, um, I... <laughs> you know, never would have known who he was and probably would not be reading the book. So mm. there's my story. Divine intervention and connection, huh? Wow. I love mm -hmm. that story. Uh, biggest pet peeve? You know, I don't have any pet peeves. Um, I, uh, you. You, know, I just, you know, people who sometimes people annoy you with the smallest things. Like I used to get annoyed with, uh, you know, people have tried to barge onto a plane first and, you know, uh, cut into the grocery line and stuff like that. But I have, you know, what my uh, friends and um, colleagues are calling uh, COVID kindness now. Yeah. And so I feel that, uh, you know, a better place to be in your life is just kind to everyone yeah. and not have a pet peeve. So it's the new Sherry now. I'm not going to get annoyed with anything. I love that. I think that there is, there's a lot of power. I, I just finished the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she talks about the imagination and how we can use the power of our imaginations to imagine what's going on in that person's life, right? Exactly. Instead of getting upset mm -hmm. that it is a kindness, you know, wrapping each other in a kindness hug. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I like tea too, but, uh, I've got two very expensive coffee machines, like, uh, you know, cappuccino, espresso makers, one in each home. And uh, I'd go crazy if I didn't have those or they weren't working. So I love a good cup of coffee. 
I love that. I'm a coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon. In the afternoon. Like that's yeah. that, you know, I like the bookends and then maybe wine later. Um, okay, so last show you binge watched. I mean, these days, right? The lists are usually long. <laughs> Well, you know, this is a crazy one. Um, you know, I, I watched a show, um, a Netflix um, called The Best Little Farm. And wow. um, it's a show, uh, it's a one, it's like 90 minutes. It's a documentary about a sustainable farm in California. And a couple actually started. It's amazing. And it's particularly good for uh, for families with kids because there's all sorts of interaction with animals and bugs and little piglets being born and all of this stuff. So that was great. Um, but, you know, I, I have to admit, embarrassingly, um, I just finished binge watching Suits. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a series on Netflix that actually had Meghan Markle. Yes, uh, yes. And so, uh, you know, I thought, I wonder what she's like as an actor. Um, so I start watching this, got completely addicted probably because uh, the um, Harvey Specter, uh, who is the head lawyer in the film, was like super hot and cute. So <laughs> he drew me back. Eye uh, candy. You know? That's so funny. Yeah. And so I, then I had I, to, you know, like say to myself, okay, I'm only going to watch two episodes tonight, right? And then that's it. And then, of course, you end up watching five. Yes. Yes. So what about you? What are you binge watching? Uh, I, Outlander is yeah, what I'm, I'm, right. re, I'm actually re-binging it, uh, because it's just so good. It's and very, it's an very escape, good. you know, it's escape. And it's total escape. And, you know, the other one that I started re-binging for, you know, probably the third time is Mad Men. And, uh, you know, I, I started and I'm like, oh, I forgot all this. So. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll I'll keep watching that. Don Draper, you know, love, love, love him so much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> John John Hampshire is an interesting guy. I haven't seen him in very much. Um that Mad Men was great. It was beautiful, but it, it really got under my skin. You know, like there's so much about it that got under my skin. I'm like, yeah. thank God we don't have to do that don't anymore. Do that stuff. Uh, you know, I was actually in my very, very early years uh, when, you know, I was in banking uh, for a couple of years before I went into real estate. I did witness some of that and actually, you know, was invited to lunches that, you know, had alcohol involved and all of this. So I, I'm not going to say I identified with it, but, you know, I do have a memory of it was like that it was crazy so wow yeah um if you could have any superpower what do you think it'd be oh gosh um you know to make people well so health if oh, i was yeah. able to cure people's illnesses and and let them enjoy their life on this earth that's what it would be oh that's beautiful who would play you in the movie of your life <laughs> I have no, I'd have to ask you that. Uh, many people have said, uh, you know, um, you look like a young Judy Dench. And I'm like, for God's sake, she's 85 years old. I love her. But, uh, you know, she played Money Penny and uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She's a hoot. I would think like Charlize Theron. Yeah, I'd definitely go with that. So yeah, like I think she's got the the spunk and the sass and the 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 you know the fierce kindness. Yeah, uh, I would take Charlize over uh, Money Penny in the James Bond films she played. But yes. yeah, Charlize. Uh, the only problem with Charlize is that she's probably a foot taller than me. 
but you know, that's fine too. Filming is magical, right? It's okay, yes. <laughs> they mm -hmm. make short men look tall all the time. They do. <laughs> so yes, I think they, they can do the opposite. That's too funny. Okay. What is one thing on your vision board that scares you a little? Nothing scares me. Uh, you know, it really, it, we can overcome everything and we just have to put our mind to it. So I'm not scared about the future. I'm not scared about anything. I'm just looking forward to what I call, you know, the next phase of our lives, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, next year or the next decade, you know, we have to make the best of it because, uh, you know, the last thing you would want to be doing when all was said and done is saying, I wish I did uh, something. Yes. And, uh, you know, that, that would be bad. And for me, that really speaks to making sure that I, you know, have made amends with anybody that I might've offended or, you know, that I hurt at any point in time. Like you don't want to leave this earth having that, uh, you know, still out there. So uh, it's my new COVID kindness. COVID kindness. I love it. Okay. Last question. What does the word moxie mean to you? Yes. Moxie. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the epitome of moxie is you, Deborah, <laughs> question about it, that, uh, you know, you have style and substance. So I'm going to say style and substance equals Ooh. moxie. I love that. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll take yeah, it. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I have, I always love every conversation that we have. And well, you know, this was no different. Ones. And, you know, my fondest memory is in when we were in BAMP together and we bought fur hats. Uh, you know, yes. I think I convinced you, but you I, I know that you're happy with it. I am. And I, I, every time I wear it, I think of a sipping champagne and shopping in that little, exactly. that little boutique. That was fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing thank your you, time Deborah. with us today and for giving us a little peek behind the scenes into really how you work with your teams and, and how you really do live this values aligned um, concept inside all of your brands, inside your life and inside your leadership teams. So thank you so much. Is it, what's the best way for people to get connected with you if they want to get a bit more of Sherry, Chris and their life? Well, I would love to connect with that, with people. And so uh, Instagram, which is where I'm posting most of my wacky things, uh, if you want to call them wacky. Uh, that's at Sherry Chris, S-H-E-R-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S. Same with Twitter, um, LinkedIn, you'll find same. And Facebook, I have two accounts. Um, the most popular one is Sherry O'Neill Chris. And uh, you'll find me there. Let's connect, uh, DM, anything. I uh, would love to help anyone, share, and um, spread the goodwill of our industry and beyond. Life is good. Oh. And with that, I look forward to seeing you and giving you a big hug when we can in person and seeing you virtually in, in between time. Yes, Take good care. Have a wonderful, Thank wonderful you. day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, DebraTraven.com. Search the podcast title and voila!
If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.